Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Hey, I just want to make you aware of something that I'm doing that may be important to you or someone that you know. I have a lot of clients who are approaching retirement and they're really struggling with many things, finances, mostly purpose, tying their identity to the role that they're in. What are they going to do when they retire? Is it going to be fulfilling? And I have a six session act two program set up specifically for them. So it's as simple as just going to my website, maryleegannon.com, clicking on the tab act two, and you'll get all the information there. No need to worry about retirement. It's going to be the time of your life. Hello, friend. And welcome to episode 74 of the Still Space podcast, Managing Your Own Ego. We're quick to identify people that we work with, people in our families, our friends that have big egos. They stand out to us. They're boastful, they're loud, they're overbearing. But the truth is we all have an ego. And when we can build our self-awareness around how our own ego gets in our way, we have better freedom for ourselves. Yes, we all have an ego. It's our friend. It keeps us safe by scouting for danger. It's why we aren't extinct as a species. Humans are very good at protecting themselves. Except mastodons and primitive tribes aren't walking the earth today. Now, I realize there are people in corporate cultures who may take exception to this, but the truth is we're wired for danger. We're wired to keep ourselves safe. This is self-preservation. Other species don't have that, and that's why over time they've become extinct. But we're really good at scouting danger. Now, the problem with that is if you're always on the defensive for danger, there are behaviors that typically follow. When we allow our ego to think doubt, for instance, is danger anxiety unfolds because our ego is out there scouting for danger, scouting for danger. And then all of a sudden you get a thought and that thought might be, I'm not going to be able to do this. And then the tripwire goes into, and that's dangerous for me because I will be judged. I won't be able to get this project done on time. No one will think I'm capable, and you go right down the rabbit hole of I'll lose my job, I'm going to lose respect, and all of a sudden the danger flags are up, danger, danger, and now 
What follows is anxiety. When our ego thinks doubt, simple doubt that can happen, that thought is danger, that's when anxiety happens. And what follows that is worry. Worry is a symptom of anxiety and worry destroys peace and relationships. Here's an example of how worry may show up in your life. Distancing from people you care about, shame, intimidation, insecurities, playing small. I just play small because then if I fail, I'll only fail small. Or overcompensating, going on too long, taking up too much space at a meeting. Or the assumptions that we have, or being a victim, expectations, a lack of purpose in my life. That's my ego saying, oh, don't go out there and take risk. Something might happen. It's dangerous. You have no intention in your life, lack of intimacy, or you find yourself confrontational. These are symptoms of worry that is a byproduct of anxiety that comes because our ego noticed doubt and immediately went to, this is danger for me. So this is why in this Still Space podcast, we work on self-awareness so that you can notice that thought as it's coming. Oh, I see that I'm a little fearful here. I see that I'm doubtful here. I see that I'm concerned about something. And that is a thought. I am not going to allow that be, to become a runaway train that's going to run me over on the track of, oh, it's never going to get any better. It must be personal to me. It's going to affect other aspects of my life, my work, my relationship with my family, my friends, my self-esteem. This is when we're doing the learned helplessness activity that Marty Seligman tells us so much about when you're thinking that this is going to last forever, personal, pervasive, and permanent, we are really stuck. We have gone way too far with not being able to control our ego. So let's review this again. You have a thought. It might be doubt. It might be fear. It might be any negative thought. See it for exactly what it is. This is a thought. I'm noticing concern. I'm noticing that I'm afraid of something right now. I'm noticing that I'm even starting to worry about that. That ability to notice is the still space moment. I notice this thought. I notice that it's actually turning into an emotion and into a feeling. I'm feeling threatened. I'm feeling abandoned. I'm feeling scared. And when you can say that feeling... It gives you power over it. When you don't acknowledge it, it just keeps nipping at your heels like a biting chihuahua. So again, start with the thought. I'm thinking I'm not going to get this project done on time. And that's making me feel, insert whatever that feeling is. So you've got thought. Next thing on the line is a feeling. And the next thing on that line is an action that you could take without intention. So if I thinking this project is not going to get done on time, I'm feeling like people are going to blame me for it, I'm going to rush through it, and I might make mistakes. Instead, our ego is out there saying, you're going to fail, you're going to be judged. 
we're going to acknowledge, hey, ego, I see you there. Interrupt the pattern of negativity, which is the thought, the feeling, before you get to the action. Yes, I, I see that I'm thinking this thought. Yes, I am feeling this. Honor that feeling. Don't turn away from it. Therein lies your power. And bring it closer. This is where you bring that ego in, just like you would a puppy or a small child, and say, hey, I've got this. Let me rationalize how I've already done things like this before and it's worked. So that will give me better actions to take than defaulting to, I better rush through this and then I don't do my best work. So here's what some of those negative thoughts could sound like in real time in your head so that you can recognize them. I better speak up just so that I can be noticed. You know, the person at the meeting that just needs to be heard and goes on and on and on. And sometimes we do that when we're nervous. Deep breath, still space moment. I notice that I might be going on a little bit too long here. Let me just take a pause. Let me just take a deep breath. Or the thought might be, you know, he always picks on me. Now, When we victimize ourselves, we completely annihilate our power. We take it away. We might notice that somebody is being critical of us, and that might bring on a feeling of being threatened, but we're not going to lash out or withdraw. We're going to notice that, take a deep breath, still space moment. Yes, I'm noticing that this person is yelling at me. I'm feeling a little threatened right now. I'm going to respond intentionally and not in a default posture. And an appropriate response might be just to name what's going on for the other person and for you. And that might sound like this. You know, you're speaking in a tone right now that is making me feel threatened. I don't think you intend to do that. Am I correct? And that will usually help that person put their own ego in check. So you're giving them a way out. You're not condemning them. You're just calling out what you're sensing in their behavior and you're asking them if that's intentional. Another way these thoughts might show up in your head is, I don't want to draw attention because what if I'm wrong? See, that's doubt. That's just doubt. We do that. That's very common, but don't take that into, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to play small. And then you're asking yourself, well, why am I never valued here? Why am I not getting promoted? Why am I not noticed? That's why, because you're playing small to your ego. Or here's another thought. I'll never get a better job. Okay, that's a thought. That's not a fact. That's an assumption. Let's notice it as a thought. Let's also honor the feeling that it brings on. I feel rejected. I feel isolated. These feelings, the more we can label them and talk about them to ourselves and say them to someone else, that's even more powerful to get it out of your head, write it down on paper, talk to somebody about it, helps you deal with it before it hamstrings your freedom and your ambition and your personality. People can't see you as you truly are. They're seeing you with this guard up all the time. Another thought might be, I don't know what I'll do in retirement, so I better keep working. Well, maybe you really don't want to keep working. You just haven't 
gone a little bit deeper into the thought of, I don't know what I'm going to do. Does that mean I don't have any value? I'm feeling like I won't have a purpose, that I won't matter. Go to the feelings, honor them, and then interrupt the pattern of where that might go to, I'm just going to work forever. And then you're tired and unhappy and don't know why. Interrupt that pattern with, you know, I'm going to honor that I'm not really sure what I'm going to do in retirement. And that sort of makes me feel out of control because I've had a great career and I've had a lot of successes and been able to accomplish a lot. I like the camaraderie I have with my colleagues, but I know that there's something else out there for me too. I'm not going to tie my identity to my role. I am going to find my mission, not the mission of this company. I'm going to find my personal values and pursue those not just the values of this company. I'm going to do what is right for me because it's my time. And you can see how the clearing opens when you notice the thought, you honor the emotion in the still space, and then you interrupt the pattern with something more freeing. Another limiting thought could be, should I be doing something more than I'm doing right now? This doesn't seem very important, this work that I'm doing. Okay, that's a thought. And the emotion that follows might be, I'm irrelevant, I'm insignificant, I don't matter. And then let's take a deep breath, a pause, still space moment and think, well, if this company has hired somebody to do this role, it must tie to the mission in some way. Let me think about what that might be. Maybe I'll talk to a colleague about, can you help me understand how this relates to the big picture that we're trying to accomplish in this company. And that will be your manager's job to help you understand. And if you are the leader, which is likely the case if you're on this podcast, you're also going to be thinking about your direct reports and how you're going to continue to tie the work that they're doing to their personal values and align those with the values of the organization so that the work is rewarding for them. Here's another one of those sticky thoughts. I work really hard and I don't get promoted. I'm working harder than the people that are getting promoted. There must be something wrong with me or this organization just doesn't respect me. Okay, those are thoughts. All of those are thoughts. None of them are facts. They're thoughts in your head. Let's recognize them as thoughts and let's honor the feelings that follow them because that's what's making us most unhappy. And when we don't do that, we just keep getting stuck in the thoughts. So the feeling that follows those thoughts might be, I'm not doing anything important here, which means I feel irrelevant. I feel sad. Sad is the most pervasive feeling that holds people back. It's the one we turn away from the most. I feel sad. I feel unimportant here. I feel like I don't have a future here. Okay, so we recognize the thought. We honor the emotion. We're not going to quit and stay. We're not going to be quiet quitters. We're not going to be any other of those catchphrases that are out here there now that describe difficult employees or underperforming employees. We are going to take it upon ourselves to have a discussion with somebody to help build our awareness around why we're not getting promoted. I mean, just working hard is not a promotable skill. At a certain level, everybody is working hard. 
A lot of times the people getting promoted are asking for a promotion. They're creating roles for that promotion because they don't want that person to leave. And you don't want to threaten that you're going to leave an organization, but you want to be honest about looking for your career ladder, discussing with your manager your career ladder and discussing with your direct reports also their career ladder so that they can see that you have it on your radar screen for their advancement. The problem with worry in general is that it is strictly a thought and that thought is almost always based on a flawed assumption to begin with. I just described several of them here. I'm thinking this but it's making an assumption that probably isn't true, but that's where our mind goes, right? So we take action on that assumption and then become even more deflated when things don't change. I'm showing you today how to interrupt that pattern. The magic comes when you learn how to define the real fear your wounded ego has been running from. Note all of the things we talked about earlier, the distancing, the shame, the playing small, the lack of purpose, no intention. These are the behaviors that follow that wounded ego. And the magic lies in noticing this and then drawing on a personal practice in a still space moment that creates an opening for belief in yourself and clarity. And the result of being able to do this is closer relationships, you're more effective at work, you have courage to risk take, which means you get noticed more for doing that. You want to be the person who gets stuff done, and you can't do that if you're playing small. You become a better listener when your ego is in check, when you don't have to speak out just to be heard. You then have vision for your life. I have clients that are approaching retirement and it scares them because they don't know what they're going to do in their retirement because they've tied their identity to their current role, which is vision cutting. It does not allow for you to get out past that role. You can only see yourself where you are and you think the best of your life has already passed you by and that's complete fiction. Doing this also builds your confidence. It makes you excited about life again. It gives you purpose. It creates better intimacy in your relationships because you're acknowledging the thoughts that hamper them. Well, I'm not sure my children love me enough, or I'm not sure my spouse is dedicated to me enough, or I'm not sure this person will like me enough. Okay, that's a thought. And the feeling that follows that is typically abandonment and rejection. And let's interrupt that pattern before I withdraw from my relationships with these people and be a little bit more vulnerable and talk to them about it. You know, I'm, I'm feeling whatever. And you think that will turn someone away. If it's somebody close to you and that turns them away, that you're bearing your soul and talking about the things that you are most afraid of, that would be a shame. I would be shocked if somebody who cared about you did that. But when we're able to have those conversations and we don't have to be perfect and we don't have to be lined up straight in every situation and know the answer, and that's when we're telling people what to do and they really don't want to hear what we have to say because they don't have trust in us, this vulnerability builds trust. 
And I see this happen in my clients every day. People come to me thinking that we're going to work heavily on how they are going to position themselves tactically to get promoted, to get hired, to get whatever. And we do that, but we can't do that effectively or sustainably until we do what most of what we concentrate on, and that is building your self-awareness so that you can manage your ego and your emotions so that you can show up authentically in your zone of genius where you self-actuate on a level that everything comes to you instead of you scratching and clawing to get it. I see this. It happens every day. Nobody is born with anxiety. Anxiety is a surge of energy. It's picked up along the way. We learn anxiety from people that we had around us growing up. At some point in your life, something or a series of things happens, and it causes us to absorb these energies that aren't who we are at our core, these coping strategies that aren't authentically ours to own. At our core, we are grounded at peace and at ease, especially when we know how to use still space moments. That is our natural state of being. Whenever you feel a surge of anxiety coming on, tell yourself, this isn't me. This isn't mine. I know how to get back in the still space to my core. Anxiety plagues everyone. It shows up at work as a lack of executive presence, doubt in yourself, playing small, lack of clarity. It feels horrible. Know that it's a trap. It keeps you from taking risks and seeing and deserving and accepting the good that is right in front of you right now. In a state of anxiety, we fast forward our lives to an assumption that we start to live to because we don't have a practice to release it. Say it again, this isn't me, this isn't mine. And use that still space moment to get you back on track. As Viktor Frankl said, between the stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space lies our freedom and power to choose our responses. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. This is a man who survived several concentration camps with family members, including his spouse who were killed, and his parents. If anybody understands the power of the still space, it would be him. So today, I am wishing you the power of the still space moment to manage your ego, acknowledge the thoughts when they come up, embrace them and bring them in close like a small child or a puppy and get acquainted with the emotions. Allow the vulnerability to be there because those emotions are not going to kill you. To feel them and honor them allows you to release them. Talk to somebody about them and then this will inspire different actions. Not you repeating the same cycle that is bringing you very little reward. I'm wishing you that freedom today because I know you can do it. Okay, later. Many of you have reached out and asked me what it's like to work with me in my Mindful Leader Satisfied Life Circle. So I'm going to give you a very brief overview of exactly what you get in working with me for that six-month program. You get transformation. 
You get walking into any room, any situation, knowing you belong, having control, having people come to you. But on a tangible basis, what does that look like? It starts with seven one-on-one laser-focused individual coaching sessions with me over six months, and then access to the six months of live weekly small group coaching calls And because you know I only coach a handful of people, sometimes there are only two or three people on those calls. Sometimes it's only you and me. So that's like another weekly coaching session. And you get to get the perspective of other executive leaders who are in the same place that you are. Get six-month access to my Mindful Leader Satisfied Life time-saving assets, trainings, modules, and all kinds of workbooks that personalize this to you. The self-discovery is inspiring. Can't wait to get on to the next module and see how much more self-control you'll have over those negative thoughts that have been holding you back. There's a private online community where we can share daily questions, but the special bonus is you have 24-7 email access to me. I'm your coach on call. You want me to look at your resume? I'm happy to. Any of the exercises that you're having difficulty with, you don't have to wait to the call. You just reach out to me and I will get back to you within 24 work hours. You're having a problem at work with somebody? I'm your coach on call. There's a leadership intake analysis that I read on my own time so that I can get more background on you and not have to use up your sessions with me. And exclusive to this program, Flow on the Go Weekly Planner, where you can track your routines, track your gratitude, track what's changing, what's showing up for you. Well, what does this look like over the six months, Mary Lee? Okay, number one, that first month, you notice your patterns, your habits. You start noticing the patterns and habits of others. You have defined your signature strengths and your personal values, and you're applying those. And now you're starting to dream again. You have a vision for yourself, for your career and your life. You've stopped judging yourself and others. In month two, this is where I've taught you how to self-regulate with curiosity. You process difficult and stale emotions and release them. You replace your stuck story with how you're not whatever enough. And you are now creating a career plan with confidence, feeling worthy. You have self-control over negative thoughts, over your behavior. And months three to six, you are playing blue sky big. You are soaring here. You are self-empowered. You execute your career and life plan. You shine, apply for stretch roles if that's what you want. You have better relationships and control over your food intake, your sleep, your exercise, your self-care. You have compassion for yourself. And you know that person that you really dislike? You actually have compassion for them. So there is a link in the show notes, maryleegannon.com slash consultation. Go ahead and apply. I will reach out. I'll set up a phone call with you. We can go over some of the details, but I'm interested in helping you be that mindful leader with a satisfied life. And there's no reason to wait because it happens quickly. I'm glad you were with me today and I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website maryleegannon.com where you can also learn more about working with me.